SEN America, this is the SEN MLB Podcast. Hi everybody and welcome to the show. Uh, today, joining me of course uh, behind the mic is the great JC, Justin Charles. Good morning Frida. How are you mate? Fantastic. Also, great to be here. Terrific, mate. Also joining us behind uh, mic number two is former pitcher with the San Diego Padres and Detroit Tigers, and that's Russ Spear. Russ, welcome. Gentlemen, good to see you again. How are you? Wonderful, thank you. Uh, good to be here. Um, JC, we're going to go straight to MLB standings for this week. We're going to have to not fly through it. We're just going to take our time and get some stuff out, but the standings as they are right now. We are going to fly through it because there are a couple of issues that are going to come out of this that we, we need to talk about. We need to pull it apart a little bit. Really? So, yes. But... Uh, in the East, in the American League, we have that epic tussle going on between the Blue Jays and the Yankees. Uh, the leaders, you know, being narrowed and 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 pulled apart uh, on a, on a daily basis. We have a key uh, series coming up. It got rained out. The first game of the yeah, series got yeah, rained out right. yesterday. Yep. Uh, between the two, they're at Yankee Stadium for the next four games. So that's going to be an that, that'll be this, a defining. That will be a defining series. This for, series uh, is crucial, isn't it? It's absolutely crucial. With about we've got about what thirty to go, maybe no, tw- no, 20, 20 28 games to go, and seven games between yep. the two right here. So yep. we've got four games in Yankee Stadium. Then they go immediately to um, uh, Toronto, and yep. they'll they'll wind up that series. But that will pretty much shape the uh, the pennant winner in in that one. Yep. Um, Tampa Bay has uh, been very good in uh, clawing back into it, but uh, they'll miss out. Baltimore and Boston, they're about a couple of weeks out of being eliminated. In the central, we have Kansas City, who will uh, clinch in another couple of weeks, I dare say, from Minnesota, Cleveland, the White Sox, Detroit, that the wheels have completely fallen off. Uh, in the West, we have Houston, and all of a sudden, Texas has really come into the into uh, into play there. They've, they've been on an absolute tear. They're only two and a half games back now. Yes, and they're, they're in a wild card spot at the moment. So I actually think They've got some momentum going, and they could actually take the pennant in the West there. Could Followed do. by the Angels, Seattle, and Oakland are a week away from being eliminated I'm there. surprised with the Angels have sort of cooled off over the last month. They haven't been as effective as early in the season. Uh, the last month or so, they're currently, uh, currently sitting five and a half games back of Houston in first place there. But the Angels have kind of cooled a little bit. I can't see them... Uh, in the pennant race, even though they are only five and a half games behind, they're a better chance to uh, to knock Texas out of a uh, uh, well, Houston. Well, actually, no, they're out. I, I reckon they've they've left their run too late. And the great Albert Pujols hit. Uh, he's got five hundred and fifty five home runs now. He's, he's uh, racking them up. Just be- he's had a wonderful season. He's uh, up around. Sure. He'll, he'll go close to forty home runs this year, which is just incredible for yeah, a, yeah. for for the longevity that he's been in the game. Okay, so moving to the National League, we have in the East the rampaging New York Mets pulling away from the Washington Nationals. That has, I mean, they just came off a uh, the the Mets actually swept. Um, the Nationals, that was a defining uh, moment right there yep. in that series where the Mets pretty much isolate or ice the uh, pennant there. How is, is, uh, how is it when your team, your team, your, the best player you got's 42, throws a 31 scoreless <laughs> innings, one, one NL player of the week. Did you see the behind the back? Unbelievable. Did you see that? The behind the athlete? back out? Yeah. He's, I mean, he's incredible what he's, he's doing. Bartolo Colon. Bartolo Colon. Giant pumpkin head. But boy, <laughs> is he getting it done. 
He certainly is. And look, you know what? He play. He's one of my favourite players because he plays with the, the the love of the game, and he, he plays with a smile on his face, and, and he's getting it done too. Oh, you know, phenomenal! He's had a great year. Yep. Uh, he he had a uh, a seven inning. Uh, one run outing yesterday and drove in a run. Yeah, he's just playing the game. And, that that and, ended and his thirty-one well. scoreless innings. Correct. He's been That's phenomenal. Right. The oldest oldest to to get to that sort of rate, thirty-one innings at forty-two years of age. He's been phenomenal for the Mets this year. A wonderful outing too, along with Cespedes, who who you know is is being talked about in MVP conversations now for since he's been at the Mets. His numbers have been phenomenal. He was one of the guys that I wanted to to get to after this, so we'll get through that. Um, so. Followed behind Washington, we have Miami, Atlanta, Philadelphia. Both Atlanta and Philadelphia have been eliminated, so they're out of the picture now. In the central, we have St. Louis and Pittsburgh and the Chicago Cubs, all with 80-plus wins. Yeah. So uh, The Cubbies, Cubbies are leading four other divisions, and they're in third place in their own <laughs> division. How are they going? Struggling. They've, uh, I mean, what a wonderful turnaround. Uh, last of first almost scenario, equivalent yeah. of if, uh, you know, if it was one of those um, breakout, well, one of those extraordinary years where other teams are winning as well. Any other year, they'd probably win the pennant. Yeah, um, absolutely. But unfortunately, not this. But they will play playoffs, so they've, yeah. they've definitely got a wild card spot there. Milwaukee, Cincinnati. Uh, bring up the rear there. Milwaukee and Cincinnati both have been eliminated. In the West, we have the Dodgers and San Francisco. That's pretty much uh, been defined now. Yep. Um, you know, the Dodgers doing the number against San Francisco there. Um, Arizona, San Diego, and Colorado, they're probably a week to a few days away from being eliminated themselves. Yep. Uh, in the wild card, we have, uh, we have the Yankees. But that could change. <laughs> yeah, next, absolutely. The way it's been next, going, it's such an arm week. wrestle. Yeah, we'll, we'll find out in the next week because uh, that series will be over in a week and uh, it'll be Toronto or the Yankees for the first wild card spot. Yep. Texas have just done unbelievably well since the, the trade deadline to uh, to make up those 10 games. And now they're actually sitting in a wild card spot. They could actually take the pennant in the West there. Um, but they've got uh, a number of teams breathing down their neck there. Minnesota, the Angels could slot in there yep. um, for a wild card spot. And even Cleveland and Tampa Bay, they're not that far out. Sure. Absolutely. We're still okay, so 20, 20 odd to go. They're, they're still certainly there. relying on, on Texas to, to lose. Sure. And, and, or, and or the Houston Astros. So yep. that really probably won't happen. Uh, in the East for the wild card, we've got Pittsburgh and the Cubs and the rest is really non-event. Just I, Pull I, on I'll, for the Cubbies. Come yep. on, Cubbies. I'll Cubbies would, and Mets. Yeah, that awesome. Wouldn't that be a you know uh, <laughs> a great matchup? But yeah. I've got to say, you, you mentioned him before, Cespedes, since... Coming over to the Mets, mm. he has actually shone like a diamond. He's fun, been I phenomenal. Think he's hit, he might have hit maybe t- uh, le- between 10 and 13 home runs since coming over. Yep. Uh, clutch knocks. Yep. Um, clearly, he's happy there. His agent, they've removed a clause in his contract to allow uh, the Mets to negotiate with him, take the time pressure off negotiating with him. So clearly, he wants to stay there. And I think that's just a wonderful fit. Don't you just love when players go to a go to a club or they get traded to a club and, and they just shine, but they actually love being there and you can actually see it. And yeah. they actually lift the lift the performance of the other players around them yep. and um, I'm just really enjoying how that whole scenario is uh, unfolding there also another story with the Mets the Mets yep just quickly good so there was a few dramas now completely the opposite you got one dynamic where a player has actually made a move to make it easier for the club to uh, re-sign and get the uh, get the performance of the player and then we had Harvey 
um, Matt Harvey come out and say that, uh, well, he didn't say anything, and that was the problem. Yeah. Um, and, and this is a, I'd love to spend a, a, at least a minute on it. Yeah. What are your thoughts on a pitcher? He's coming off Tommy John surgery. He hasn't pitched more than 180 innings before in his career. He's, he's pitched really well, and he's been strong. Um, and his agent and his surgeon are saying that he should be capped at 180 innings for his career. Now, the Mets are going to play in the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that? Should he pitch in the playoffs and go over his 80, 180 innings? Yeah. Or should he look after his career and look after his own best interests? Russ, of course, you, you've had Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Just, just talk us through that. Well, I, I think that... Um Yes, first and foremost, it's not the first time. I think we dealt with this with uh, Strasbourg a couple of years ago. Yes, yes, and the Nationals actually pulled him out and he never pitched in the playoffs. That's right. Yes. So, one, you've got to remember it's a business. This this is a business and they're protecting their asset in, in someone like Matt Harvey. Um, do, do, you know, I think the conundrum would be, do you do you play for right now and you and you risk uh, going against what the surgeon says and, and what Scott Boris, his, his agent, says or, or wants? Um or do you uh, do you do you look after your investment and go? Well, this guy's got maybe potentially ten more years in the big leagues, yeah, and we've sure. got to do the right thing by him. Yeah. So, is it now or is it later? You know, and I think that's where it comes down to because I I truly believe uh, the Tommy John process, uh, you know, the the rehab, it's so thorough and so well done now that. Uh, I think everybody that comes out of Tommy John, it either works or it doesn't. And it, it's either a big failure or a yeah. big success. Yeah. And clearly, it's one or the other. Clearly, it's it's stuck. But is he taking a risk? Do you, do you think personally he should go over it? Oh, geez, it's tough. I mean, it's a personal opinion. Do you if it should... was, if it was me, yeah. and I was in his position, you you wouldn't be getting that ball out of my hand. No chance. Well, okay. I'm putting the manager's hat on. You'll pitch, Harvey. Yeah. You'll pitch. Yeah. You don't get to this opportunity to get to the playoffs is hard enough. To really go all the way is super hard. Yeah. So if they get a real opportunity to go further in the season, I'd be putting him out there every day. Easy for us to say. Again, it's a business. Oh. You've got to remember, I know, that you take the emotion out of it, yeah. and it's a business. That's yeah, it. We... You've got to take the emotion out of it because it is such a business. Off air, we did speak about it last week. You know, do, do, you, do you go for the, the ring? What if you don't get it, but you blow your arm out? Correct. You yeah, know? Yeah. But, but then if you don't, and then you have a nice 10-year career, you're set for life, you know, what happens there? But is the individual bigger than the franchise? Never. That's what I think. Never. I agree. And All I know right. as a pitcher, I'm, I'm tipping, if he's like most pitchers, Give me the ball. Um, so interesting. We're going to have to move so on here. We, we're going to keep the show rolling, guys. We've got uh, plenty to talk about. We're about to go to a break, but just on a couple of little side notes, David Ortiz, who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Close signed a new $11 million uh, contract with Boston, is on the verge of hitting 500 home runs this week. Four nine eight. Um, hit his ninth season of 30 home runs or more, pales into insignificance over A-Rod, who this week hit his 15th season of 30 home runs or more, Extraordinary. tying Extraordinary. tying Hank Aaron for the uh, all-time in MLB history, 15 seasons of 30 home runs or more. Phenomenal performance Wonderful statistic. there by uh, A-Rod. But uh, well, that's enough on the MLB side of things. We're going to go to a short break, and after that we're going to be speaking with Howie Norset of the International Scout for the Minnesota Twins. Celex Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enables projects of any size to be coded either on-site or in our well-equipped Bayside facility. 
Celex Recoating Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celex Recoating Service offers a professional powder coating surface and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celex Recoating Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at selexrecoatingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. And uh, Howie, welcome to the show. Um, this year, mate, we've we've noticed there's going to be a, a real feel for the Minnesota Twins this year here in Melbourne. This is why we decided to get you on this morning. And notably yesterday, um, Sam Gibbons threw a, a beautiful game for Cedar Rapids, and, and that puts his team into the Western Division Series uh, later on this week. You must be pretty happy with the way young Sam Gibbons has gone this year. Yeah, he's had a fantastic year, especially the last month. In the last month, he's had a couple of real blinders. He had a one hitter. He punched out 12 one game. He's consistently gone really deep into games and uh, has has been consistent. So he's, as they say, he's might be having that breakout year that everybody looks for. Um, Howie, you're obviously the best scout uh, that um, oh stop! <laughs> right, you no, know your uh, your uh, your ability to um, identify talent and uh, and see them go on. What makes what or what do you think uh, makes a good scout? And 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 what do you think that you bring to scouting that uh, a, a lot of uh, other scouts miss? Well, I don't know if there's any special skills. I, you know, it helps if if all your life you weren't very good you try to figure out why guys were better that's, I, should that's be a great scout. I was going to say it's going to make me a great scout that one yeah, <laughs> yeah. um you know there's a, i've been lucky with the with minnesota twins we've had a commitment to australian australian players and australian baseball and the first couple of players that went over did well were liked developed and that kind of set the tone so you know, when I think the first player we signed was Darren Fidge, and he was with us for about six years and, and progressed from throwing 82 miles an hour to throwing 94 miles an hour. But along the way, he was well-liked, and he was a good teammate and a good professional. And uh, um, I, I think a lot of people got on board with the idea that talent, there was talent down in Australia, at least in our system. So we signed a lot of players, and I was fortunate to have uh, – a front office and a development staff that was willing to take on a lot of Australians because they, uh, Australians are underdeveloped. They're uh, they just haven't played enough games, and and even the the tools are underdeveloped as well. So you have to have a lot more patience. And we we have in the past we've had patience. I think at one time we had 15 or 16 Australians in the system, and they have progressed. So um, you know it's it's not just it's not just the scout. It's it's the system that. Uh, the, you, that puts it in place that allows for these guys to, to progress. Howie, Russell Spear here, mate. How are you? Hey, Russell. Good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, I want to just go back a little bit here with uh, the Sam Gibbons situation. Sam's been in the system now, would it be four seasons? Would that be right? I think that's right, yeah. It, well, it, and, he, and he has never got out of uh, out of the rookie ball um, situation. For for those that know Sam, we all understand how good he is, and we know the potential of 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 what he's got. But why has it taken four years for for Sam to get out of that? You know that the hard part would seems to be out of the basement of rookie ball. 
Yeah, it's, I think if you look around around the league, um, it, it's difficult for us to get out of rookie ball, and we don't have that many players north of rookie ball. Right. You know, there might be 60 players or something that have, are signed, and only a dozen get past rookie ball. Um, so it's not it, it is very much a situation where players come over underdeveloped. They haven't played enough games. Period. They haven't had enough at-bats. They haven't had enough innings. They haven't developed to the point where they can compete at the higher levels. And I, and I think that a little bit of that was true with Sam. You know, when he first came over, he didn't. He was underpowered. He didn't have velocity. He didn't have, you know, what we call stuff. Yeah. Uh, he, he was he was a projection case. We projected him to have throw harder. We projected him to have breaking ball, all the things that he has now. Um, but sometimes it takes some time. You know, you look at Jimmy Beresford. It, you know, it's taken him. It's taken him eight years to really get strong enough to be able to compete at the upper levels, and he's doing that. He's doing a fantastic job yeah, now. He but he, you know, he's probably three or four years behind everybody else developmentally. And that was, you know, and it's not just games, but physically, he was a late bloomer, uh, and that has something to do with it. But that's, I think, that's typical of of most Australians. It they just don't play enough baseball in Australia. Um, Howie, you just mentioned James Beresford there. He's He's been terrific at the AAA level for a couple of seasons now. Just can't seem to quite uh, crack it to the major leagues. What areas of his game might, if he can improve something to help him properly get there, what areas does he need to improve? Uh, I think probably just needs an injury to an all-star at second base when it's ahead of him. <laughs> the old injury, yeah, that's handy. Mr. Doge, you know, he's, 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 he's improved. He's improved. Uh, you know, he, he can place. He's a fantastic fielder. He's hitting 300. He doesn't have power, which some of these other guys have. You know, he's not the blinding speed that some of these other guys have. He doesn't have uh, the range to play shortstop that some of these other guys have. So it's... You know, it's you know, what he can do. Though he, he is off, I, I I firmly believe if James gets a shot in the major leagues, he'll stick and he'll be a 300 hitter in the major leagues. And what that leads to, you know, who knows? But he, he's he's he can hit. And if you look at James, he's always been one of the better hitters at every level he's ever played on every team. And, uh, um, and it's 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 still true. I mean, I think he led the uh, well, he's pretty close to. The lead of in Rochester, at least with guys, full time guys, and the guys, some of those guys who went to the major leagues probably hit a little bit higher. But that's been true for the last few years. And eventually, you know, it's, it's just a long, this is a marathon, as we explained to the kids when they first signed. It's not a race, it's a marathon. Eventually, when he gets there, the hope is that he'll stick and be a, he'd be a hell of a major leaguer for a long time, for about 10 years. We, uh, we had this conversation in here a couple of weeks ago, Howie, regarding major league average. You know, and and it sounds so average. Major league average power, average arm, average leg speed. Uh, they're all pretty special, aren't they? I mean, you know, we look at James, and we know James quite well in here, and we all think, uh, you know, from from home to first, from the left side, he's he's super quick, and uh, he's got great range, and um, you know, he hits the ball uh, with power into the alleys, and we we uh, assume, or, or I think that that. Uh, that's good enough to get him anywhere, but it it's really not. It does go to show how how special these major league baseballers are. These these daily guys that uh, uh, keep guys like James out of a lineup. Yeah, I mean, if you can imagine, if you can imagine athletes that are uh, equal to the best Australian rules football athletes or the best NRL athletes, I mean, that's what these guys are. They they can really really run. You know, we've got you know, the best power guy that we've ever had out of Australia was David Nielsen. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, 
you know, maybe Glenn Williams hit 20 or something in the minor leagues. Uh, Forbes might have hit 20 or something in the minor leagues. We don't have anybody that's hit 15 home runs in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. These guys are really strong. They're really fast. They're really talented. Skillful. And it, it's, it is the case that you know some of these guys look special over here, but when they get surrounded by everybody else, you know, there there has to be something that is special over there that allows them to 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 stand out. Mm-hmm. Howie, you uh, yeah. you were over in uh, Japan watching the uh, Under eighteen World Championship. Did you see anything you like over there from the Aussies? And what about the rest of the world? You know, there's uh, the Aussies competed really well. They they really did a fantastic job against Cuba. Um, they they beat the teams that they should have beaten. You know, they beat Taiwan. They beat some of the minor teams, Mexico, Brazil. They 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 beat the teams that they needed to beat, and that's what that's all they need to do in these tournaments. And you know, eventually they'll progress. The problem in the past is we've gotten beaten by uh, some of the teams that we should have beaten. You know, the Italy along the way, and and so on and so forth. Where um, where if we would just take care of those teams that we should beat, we'll get we'll progress. And then occasionally knock off a you know knock off a Japan or knock off a USA or knock off a Cuba, uh, you know with the, the last World Championships that uh, were in Korea we knocked off USA, um, so it can be done and we knocked off Cuba this time, um, so you know we just need to, we need to take care of business as they say beat the teams that we should beat and then uh, and then maybe knock knock one of the big boys off here or there. And, and we'll progress. We can't compete on the same level of, of Japan, of Korea, of the USA, and and frankly, you know, we beat Taiwan. Taiwan's got a better program than Australia. Um, that was a great job. Uh, there's Australia is behind. The reality is Australia is behind these other countries, and way behind some of these countries. I mean, way behind some of these countries. So, you know, that Japanese team out there was. Was just outstanding. The USA team's going to have a bunch of major league, future major leaguers on that team. The Korean team, same thing. They'll have a bunch of future major leaguers. Cuban team, same thing. You know, there's a, there's a, everybody's bearing down on Cuba because you never know who the next guy is to defect, and they've got a couple <laughs> guys that'll probably be major leaguers. Yeah. I can't say that there's any one major leaguer on the, um, a position player on the, uh, on Australia. Okay. You know, we don't have that depth of talent. We don't have that quality of talent. So we have to scrape, scrap, and, and play above our skis in order to in order to compete. And we did that against Cuba. You know, that Newenborn came in, a position player came in and pitched and did a, just a fantastic job against against Cuba. He, uh, yeah, he was. It really was good to see. It was a. There was a. We got, we got a little help along the way, which is what you need. I think we probably had ball four. The bottom of the ninth inning, it might have been ball four to lose the game. The umpire this time called it a strike. Um, so we, we finally got that call against Cuba that we needed to get, and we never got in the past. And, and we took advantage of it. The boys went ahead and, and capitalized on that. But we got a ways to go to catch up to these other boys. Yep. These teams that these teams from the advanced countries are, are really good. You know, We have maybe one or two guys that can run average to first base. You know, Japan had about eight guys that could run average to first base. They had a couple guys that were that, that were plus and a couple guys that were plus plus. So they, they had three or four guys in their lineup that would have been as fast as, as Weikert and his prime or fast as anybody that we've had, not Durrington, anybody in Australia. And they have three or four in their lineup. Mm. You know, we have one every few years. Mm. Yep. Howie, um, uh, the Twins 
graciously allowed Lachlan Wells to be a part of that Under-18 World Cup over there in Japan. Uh, news came out today that his young brother, um, I don't know, is he younger by a minute? I'm not sure. But Alex Wells also signed this week uh, with Baltimore Orioles. Did the Twins have a look at Alex Wells also, the twin brother of Lachlan? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We would have loved to have Alex and, and made offers. And um, Alex wants to forge his own way, which is great. He wants, you know, there was a, he's always been a little bit behind uh, Lachlan. And I think, I think he's actually older, but he's got a couple minutes. But he's always been developmentally a, a little, probably a year behind. Um, and this, he's always been in the shadow. And, and um, you know, this is a great way for him to forge his own way with Baltimore. And they'll see each other down in Florida. They'll be playing against each other. Um, and I think the world of Alex as well. I think those two kids have a chance to be in the major leagues. You just say he's uh, slightly behind in development there of Lachlan. Was there a reason? Did Alex sit out some baseball? Or he's no. just been a little bit slower in the uh, no, coming up just, to speed? It, yeah, just physiologically, kids kids mature at different rates, even even twins. And, uh, you know, Lachlan had developed the arm strength or drew faster earlier. And uh, it's always been, you know, it's always been six to 12 months. And it's, it's holding true still. You know, Lockie can throw the ball 93, 94 at times. And now Alex is starting to throw the ball 90, 91 at times. So it's, uh, you know, you hope he'll catch up in a, in a year or two. Howie? Just to, uh, on a personal note, do you consider yourself an Aussie or a Yank? What does your passport say? My, well, <laughs> my, my don't worry, immigration's not listening. <laughs> yeah, my passport is is a, is American. I consider myself Aussie. I, I'm, I'm I'm an expat American. <laughs> I just I just can't get myself to say that allegiance to the Queen of England. Yeah, mate, we we love you. We're claiming you. <laughs> just keep putting Aussies in the big leagues. <laughs> yeah. How no, I, how I, long have you been here, Howie? Yeah, I've been in Australia longer than I, I was in the United States. Oh, wow. I've been here wow. 30, 30 years. Wow. Years. And and scouting that whole time? No. I, well, I first came over as a player. Right. So I came over and played for Fitzroy. I remember that, I played, remember that Howie. We played against each other. Frank Truccio pitched for that Fitzroy yeah. team. Yeah, we, we got up to Division One. We competed in Division One, and then they kicked me out of Australia for a year because I applied for permanent residency, and they wouldn't let me back in. <laughs> then they did. Yeah, we're pretty strict like that. <laughs> we we always need a good we need a good trumpet player. We got no trumpet players here, Howie. Oh, I know a few good ones. Now, Howie, the, um, I've always admired uh, your ability to scout. Obviously, you you've got the runs on the board with with some of these guys, which is uh, great. But uh, you, you, for me, uh, having a small time in the scout game, I I always uh, you were never around that that core group of scouts. I always found you down the side, down the third base or first base line, or down in the outfield, uh, minding your own business, yet uh, being able to put up uh, better numbers than the, probably any other scout here in Australia. Um, what's the secret? Can you can you give us some insight? <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of reasons for that one. One is I don't carry a gun, and I'm, I'm I. You know, no can I just say that's a, it's a radar gun. It's just a radar gun. A radar gun. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not wedded to velocities. I look at different. I look at it in the abstract. It's it's more like being an art critic. Is this is this painting beautiful, or what makes this painting beautiful? You know, it's, it's and you're trying to identify factors that will allow a player to develop the tools down the track. They don't have the tools now. 
that you, what will allow them to develop down the track. And sitting by home play for me is probably the worst place to, the worst view of that. And, uh, you know, the other thing is, I get behind home plate, and all I do is talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just have a yarn concentration and focus. Else. Yeah, yeah. So I have. To, I'm one of those guys that, if, you know, the, when I was in the classroom, I had to be off by myself in the corner. <laughs> is a it, it, that's a wonderful insight into into your world a little bit, Howie? Because we're so dominated by by numbers, you know, figures and velocities and and all these times. You can measure. So, yeah, everything. That's yep. that's that's what scouting is. You know, you write a report, and it's all it's all number driven essentially, and it's it's nice to hear a bloke who's been so successful that that those aren't uh, the most dominating factor of, of what he does. But um, you know, writing reports and all that, Howie, that that all scouts have to do, are, are they still a focus for you um, as far as uh, a measurement regarding the twins? Oh, sure, I still have to write reports and, and communicate. That's a, it's a vital part of it. You know, the communication is a little bit different now than you know the reports come to me and. Um, and it's it, it, I'm reading more reports from other scouts, um, and, but certainly the report writing is 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 fundamental. Uh, and, and but after a while, you know, it gets to be formulaic. I mean, you see player. I can, I'll relay this story. There's a you you base your looks of current players upon players you've seen in the past, and the longer you've been around, the the bigger the catalog of players that you have seen in the past it becomes. So. Um, you know, I was, I was a young scout, um, and my first year or two, I was doing some minor league coverage. And scouts in the states they, they cover minor league baseball and the major leagues as well, and the instructional league and spring training and different and different aspects of professional baseball. And I was having pro coverage in in Beloit, and there was a pitcher on the mound that looked pretty interesting. And and I'm you know, a lot of young scouts who like to tell everybody how much they know and. Um, try to you know, try to garner respect from conversations while the games are going on. And well, I, I was sitting next to uh, Dale McReynolds and uh, and some other guys uh, that one was 80 years old, one was 70 years old, one was Emil Bellock was in his 70s, uh, Herb Hanna. There was there were these scouts that among them had 160 years of experience. Yeah, there's four, four or five guys. One guy had 50 years. Another guy had 40 years. Another guy had, you know, the youngest of them had, you know, 28 years of experience. Uh, one, so look at the picture. One guy turns to the other guy and says, "You know, that guy kind of reminds me of a young Jim Bunning." <laughs> well, goodness, Jim Bunning, he's in the Hall of Fame. He was young in the 50s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> young before I was even born. So I, I learned immediately, and I, 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 I'm a quick learner at times. I learned immediately to keep my mouth shut and used to listen to these guys <laughs> because I had nothing to add to this conversation. <laughs> See, Howie, uh, look, you know, the numbers thing, this is the thing. They still haven't come up with a number or, or how to measure um, attitude, desire, um, you know, all those kind of things sort of come out in the wash. And, uh, and I was one of those. I was one of those, you know, playing elite-level football. Um, anything you could measure... Uh, I was probably not in the top 10 of any of those. But if you threw the ball in between me and another player, I'd rip their eyes out to get it. And you can't measure that until you actually see it. So Yeah, that's something That's something you, you can... You're right, you have to see it. Yeah, that's right. They, they, they There's no number. There's no they number. are trying to measure it, though. They're, they're trying to take psychological tests. And they do that in the AFL now in, in a lot of sports. They're, they're trying to find standardized tests that will measure that kind of thing but yeah maybe maybe they have value I, I don't know we we had something like that 
And at one point, the Major League Scouting Bureau tested every prospect in America before the draft with these same sort of things. Well, Ken Griffey Jr. had the worst the worst <laughs> test ever recorded. Yeah, right. and one of the second worst tests was like robbing you out. So, you know, quite, and part of it was, I'm sure he took, you know, he just, he, he wrote down A for everything, right? Because he didn't want to be bothered. <laughs> you know, there was a, but you're right. You can't, you can't judge, uh, a, a lot of times you can't judge stuff objectively. You have to have uh, the experience of, of looking at players or looking at athletes with a mind for you know, what is this kid's makeup? What is it? Is this kid going to tear the ball away from everybody else to, you know, that kind of kid who's in, in the schoolyard, which, which kid's going to get the ball? You know, it's, it's simple as that. Which kid's going to get the ball? It's not always the biggest, strongest, you know, fastest guy. Sometimes it's a little, it's a little dirt ball. <laughs> um, Howie, just uh, I'm I'm not positive whether you would know. Just off the top of your head, do you know how many people you may have helped get to the major leagues, and more importantly, Australian guys that have? I've got eight here. Do you know uh, the number yourself out of the Australian? Of course, camp? he would. Uh, well, no, I don't have to. Are you kidding me? Come on, Howie. No. What's the number? You know I, I, exactly I'm what serious. it is. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You know, there's a. Um, Let, let's play a word association. That's what I was going to yeah. do. You talked about relating them to past players. So I'm just yeah. going to throw some names at you and give us a one word at word association game. Brad oh, Thomas. Gosh. Brad Thomas. Oh, athlete. Who did he remind you of, player wise? Um, yeah, yeah, probably Bruce Hurst. Okay. A little bit. Glenn, Glenn Williams. Oh, uh, boy, he was Chipper Jones. Wow. Peter Moylan? As a, you had him as an infielder, didn't you, back in the day? No, no, no I had him as a pitcher. Oh, okay, as, yep. As, as a pitcher. Um, you know, that was, that, that was the first pure projection case where you look at somebody as an athlete, just a pure athlete, um, who's, he can do a lot of things. I mean, as a position player, some teams like him as a position player. Um, but he had an arm action and he had delivery and, and he had focus on the mound. And so it was, it was more a case of this, this was, you know, one plus one equals two. He's, he, he, he's got makeup. He's got, he's got delivery. He's got arm action. You know, he has a, a body that's going to fill out and get stronger. He has all the components that go into, um, what we call projection and, yeah. You know, there was, I, I'm sure I had to relate it to somebody, um, uh, uh, you know, because when we write reports, we relate it to major leaguers or who he would be, but I can't remember who that, who that was. He was, Pete and then certainly when yeah. he dropped down, he was unlike, he was unlike the picture that I would have imagined. Uh, Luke, Luke Hughes? Um, you know, Luke Hughes was, you know, I think it was Pat Mears at the time or Denny Hawking, one of those kind of, you know, the infielders that had a little yeah. bit of pop. Uh, does this does this one uh, burn a little craw in you? This one, Liam Hendricks, doing beautifully at the moment with the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, two ninety seven against us, and came in and struck out Dozier throwing ninety seven. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, it, again, his, this is one of those projection cases as well. He's an outfielder, and but again, with the, the same those those athletic components that you look for and the makeup that you look for. Uh, and and I know again I know I put somebody down but um, I think it was I think it was Supan for him okay Mark yep. Supan um, Grant Balfa uh, um, Balfi was an, he was another one uh, he was a 
you know, how, how about this? I can't remember what year it was. The under-16 tournament was in Alice Springs. And I think there were five <laughs> or six big leaguers in that, right? That's right. Well, you had right. Glenn Williams at shortstop. He made it to the big leagues as, a, as an infielder. You had Grant Balfour, catcher. He made it to the big leagues as a pitcher. You had, uh, you had uh, Thomas at first base. He made it to the big leagues as a pitcher. You had, uh, I think Mossy was in right field. He made it to the big uh, leagues as a pitcher. And, uh, Spearsy, were you at, you were at that? I one, was that. Yeah. yeah, I was at that trip. Yeah, that might have, that might have been one of the best that might have been one of the best scouting trips I ever took in in Australia. Yeah, there's had, certainly a lot I of think, guys signed out of that oh, tournament. Yeah, a Traeger lot. Park. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we won the championship hot. there in 2015. So. It was hot, and there were a lot of flies. <laughs> um, uh, one that I've sort of spoke with not too long ago, Michael Nakamura. Yeah, Nakas is. Uh, yeah, Nakas. Nakas is a case of, of um, you, you get hit upside the head with enough ninety-three mile an hour fastballs, and you realize <laughs> that the, the guy who might not be six foot tall is actually a prospect. Yeah. <laughs> is, he he. Um, Hey, this is this is kind of interesting story. I'd seen Naka since the very first tournament that I had ever scouted in Australia, which was like an under fifteen tournament in in uh, Altona with Jose Pet. Oh yeah, well. yeah. And Naka was playing second base again. He did both, but he played second base, and he was you know he, he was an all around player. He was a position player. Um, he uh, I, yeah, and we had followed him. He was on everybody's radar forever. He went to Alabama, and I saw him in the Olympics in '96, and he was throwing '86, '87, and um, you know, on the cusp, but nothing that it was really a standout tool. He went undrafted after three years and came back to Australia, and dedicated himself to to, to you know playing professional baseball, whether it was going to be in Japan or whether it was going to be in the States. And the thing he had to do was throw harder, so he did. He started throwing harder. Well, I didn't. I got off the plane from. Uh, you know, I, I used to spend six months traveling overseas and then come back. And, and uh, when I came back, I went out to Moorabbin, and I ran into Wads, John, Waddy. I ran into John Wadsworth, and, and uh, um, somebody had said that Nakas was throwing like 94. And I asked Waddy, hey, Waddy, you see Nakas? He threw 94, I heard. He said, yep, yeah, he threw 94 miles an hour. So why, why didn't you guys sign him? Well, I put the report in, and our guys back in the States didn't like him. Well, they would have seen him three years at, in Alabama. And they would have had reports that would have said no prospect. And even our scout in, in that area, he's a wonderful scout, Michael Moya, didn't have him in as a prospect. He is a good player. Well, I, I ran to Nakas that night and said, Nakas, yeah, I heard you're throwing hard. He said, yeah, I, I guess I'm throwing hard. I said, mm-hmm. well, when you pitch, he said, well, I'm pitching tomorrow. Well, if you throw ninety, if you throw 94 tomorrow, I'll sign you. <laughs> right, well, playing out at Malvin. What to Malvin? I got had the gun. Back then I had pulled out a gun because I wanted to. I had one at the time, and he threw a night hit a ninety three, and a bunch of nineties and ninety ones and ninety twos, and uh, I, 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 you know, I like to think I'm true to my word, and I, he didn't hit a ninety four. So that because he didn't hit a ninety four. But when do you <laughs> pitch next? Well, next week I'm pitching out at Marabin or someplace. Okay, I'll just come see you. Same thing. If you hit ninety four, well, same thing. He hit more ninety twos than nineties at this point. Wow. I decided to uh, this is up. Uh, how many times you got to see this? And so we uh, we decided no, you had didn't hit ninety four, Nack. It hit ninety three. <laughs> I, I need to, I, I need a little more time here to convince my people back in the states that we're going to sign him. And eventually, we you know you upside the head with enough ninety threes yeah. and eventually <laughs> sign the guy. Eventually, yeah. And um, the last one I've got on my Australian list here is Trent Altgen. Ah, <laughs> Doc. 
but Doc was Doc was had those hitting actions when he was 15, 16 years old. Um, he 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 could always hit. He had that great swing, and he had he had a wonderful approach, and was just a you know a fun guy. Loved the game, uh, and I, and I, again, I would I would have said I would have compared him to somebody, um, but I'd have to go back over my student just you know figure out exactly who that was. Um, the left-handed, you know, he's a. I'm trying to think of who that might have been, and I can't. Is, is, is that so? Is that the list from the Australian angle that uh, we got there? Is there any others that I may, I may have missed from the Australian side um, of things, Howie? Um, you know, there was. I don't know. Let me think. Um, I guess I hope he didn't miss out on pizza. I think we got them all. We, I, I had uh, research and development onto it earlier, <laughs> okay. so so we, we got it. Uh, we got it covered. But the next one, uh, th- this is the last one. Um, well, we got Hub- to- you know we got Hubes in the system too. He had a, a little different deal as a six year free agent, but yeah, um, I don't I don't think there was nobody other no other team that was going to sign him. So I, I'm I'm real proud of that one as well because yeah. we gave him a chance when nobody else was going to give him a chance, and he ended up. Being the player of the year in Rochester and getting the big That's right, yeah. Yeah. one at bat and got hurt. You know, we, had, we had a little bad luck with some Australians coming up and getting hurt. You know? I mean, Willow played 14 games with us, hit, got a base hit in every single one of the games, and at the end, that's a 14-game hitting streak in the big leagues. Yeah. And he was doing – some of those were pinch hits. Yeah. Uh, and by the end of it, he was, he was anointed as the – Minnesota Twins third baseman. Yeah. And gonna be given the job. He was he was gonna be the starting third baseman. About the game he was anointed the starting third baseman was a game we dove back in and separated his shoulder. Yeah, and, and that, that, uh, that put him out from there on. Last one, uh last one here, Howie. The the next young one that is coming along has just gone through some surgeries, young Lewis Thorpe. Now he is a real prospect. Um do you know where he's at at the moment during his rehab? I think he's got about I think he probably has six months to go or something like that. Yeah, I think it's you know it's it, with Tommy Johnson. All it's it's a process, and it's all they've got it down to whether it's twelve to sixteen months or whatever it is. And you know, there's they're pretty standard markers along the way. And I think he's hit all those. I haven't, I haven't heard of any setbacks or anything. So, um, you know, it, it is it is the case that that the pitchers get hurt and pitchers have to deal with injuries. I you know. Uh, uh, Liam Hendricks had to deal with the thoracic outlet syndrome or something like that. He had to have a hole drilled in his back for a, for a nerve or something, yeah. some kind of surgery. You know, and, and Tomos had the, had the thing done, and you know, Balfs had the thing done a couple of times, and Moyles had the thing done a couple of times. So, you know, they all get hurt. Everybody gets hurt. There's a lot of stress on the body there that uh, comes along with pitching, but we're going to have to leave it there, Howie. Uh, really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much for no joining worries, us here on hey, SEN's MLB just, podcast. Sorry, just, go. Just, just, sorry, just a quick one. Yeah. When, I was a, when I was managing Bushies and we had Larry Corgan come out as a cross-checker, we had a little tryout camp, right? Yeah. <laughs> At the tryout camp, we had uh, we had Matty Wood and we had Richie Vague and we had – Two guys that went on to AFL stardom. <laughs> two right. guys. Chaffee. Two guys. Mark Chaffee. And Would that be right? Ch- Charles, he'll tell you the rest. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to do that after this interview, uh, Howie. Thanks very much again. I didn't get a ball out of the infield. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody likes something about you, Josie. I'm not sure what. But anyway, thanks, um, thanks, Howie. Really appreciate your time okay, this morning. No that was awesome, Howie. That was okay. really awesome. And Great job. Get you on soon. Thanks very much, Mark. Okay, Thanks, Howie. Selix Recoding Service specialise in electrostatic painting. 
where our fully trained staff and state-of-the-art equipment enable projects of any size to be coded either on-site or in our well-equipped Bayside facility. Celix Recoding Service offers a professional powder coating service and has a wide range of colours available and items can be colour matched to ensure integration with your existing decor. Celix Recoding Service also offers anti-graffiti coating, sandblasting and metal fabrication of refrigerator components and parts. For more information, go to info at celixrecodingservice.com.au or call 9788-4000. And welcome back to SEN's MLB podcast. Terrific chat there with Howie Norsetter, those who, who may not know who Howie is. Of course, we just talk scouting and all sorts of things. He's the international scout for the Minnesota Twins based here in Melbourne. Boy, he's, he's sent a lot of guys to the big leagues, hasn't he? I mean, I, I just mentioned eight... I think it was eight that I mentioned Australian guys, but all up, Howie has been involved with about fifteen guys, sending them to the uh, Major League Baseball. He's uh, an impeccable record, just and and what about the stories? Wasn't he awesome? And that that interview probably could have gone for another two or three hours. Oh, absolutely! I've had. Chats. I was enjoying. That. I was right into that. Yeah, wasn't it great? I've great. had I've had chats with Howie at games here and there. At times, we don't uh, see eye to eye on everything, but what he does have is runs on the board when it comes to this sort of thing. And and what you know from that is if he happens to ring the Minnesota Twins head office and say this guy can play, they take him at his word, and they, they, know, they know they've got a fair income guy on the board. So tremendous to have um, Howie on the show, and he's got some real pokers in the fire. Beresford at AAA. Yeah. Young Gibbons has had a career year now at uh, at the single-A single level, and uh, Lewis Thorpe will be coming off uh, his Tommy John surgery soon enough. So Logan you know, Wade out of Queensland, who middle infielder who uh, looks the goods. Logan Wade. Well, and one thing we didn't touch there with Howie was Joe Vavra will yeah. be the um, new manager of the Melbourne Aces coming out this year. Twins See, yeah. again. There's such a Twins feel to Melbourne this year. And and that would have extended it into the Howie Norse show. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, he, w- he would have had a, like another ton of stories about him and, yeah. and his sons and the he, two sons Trey off, and Tanner. Off air, he was telling us about you know those boys and. Uh, you know, he was alluding that there was a, you know, he, there was a lot more behind that. Yeah, so. yeah. He's a, have to get him on again. Get amazing. Him in the studio, yeah, we'll, we'll try get him in the studio or on the show uh, another time because he's got lots of good stories. But got to keep moving uh, with the show now. A little recap on last week. We um, spoke with Brett Ward, international scout for the Baltimore Orioles, and we talked under eighteen World Cup. Well, that tournament is done and dusted now. With um, Australia ended up performing beautifully. In that tournament, um, the USA won the final over Japan, so the USA come away as under-18 World Cup champions. But Australia's performance in that tournament, again, Howie made some reference to it. He was over there watching the tournament. We started um, game. We won the first two games. We beat Mexico, beat Brazil. So we're we're two and zero. Oh, into the early stages. Then we lose to Japan, lose to the USA. We beat the Czech Republic, and the performance of the tournament from my side of things was to beat Cuba. Cuba, one of the world powerhouses in uh, international baseball. Australia won that game 7-4. to four. Then we had a loss to Canada, and Charlesy, this was an interesting one also because of the, the Canada connection, because Canada travelled here to Australia and played Australia in eight lead-up games. Australia won that series 7-1. to one. And we did have some some uh, chit-chat just regarding the endeavour 
of the Canadians in those games there. But what it was was all about leading up to this World Cup, and Canada has shown their mettle by taking out that game over Australia, beat Australia 10-3. to And finished out of the medals, though. And finished out of the medals. I was going there. I'm getting there slowly <laughs> but surely. <laughs> I, I get a bit of egg on my face around that. So Yeah, I, yeah. But, but at the end of the day, when you can say, yes, Canada beat us in those preliminary rounds, but um, just to finish One. off here, we lost to South Korea um, uh, two games in a row in what turned out to be the bronze medal game. Um, so effectively, we've finished higher than Canada, although Canada beat us in the tournament. We've ended up higher on the rankings than than uh, Canada losing those last two to South Korea. South Korea win the bronze, so it ends up USA gold, Japan silver, South Korea bronze. Australia finished fourth after going into that tournament in 14th ranked spot. Now... I, uh, I caught a lot of that um, a lot of that uh, world championship series uh, and the lead up games and speaking with John Diebel, his fingerprints are all over that make no mistake even though he didn't coach that team you know the work really started before that and um, and certainly uh, they the the Aussies were on a mission in fact that pre series uh, uh, series versus Canada was probably more important to Australia climbing up the rankings than the actual world champion. They could have won the world championships in, in Japan yeah. and still not have been uh, as well off point-wise as that eight-game series against Canada. So let's yeah. make no mistake, you know, Canada blew an opportunity there. Sure. Um, you know, in terms of gaining rankings points in that eight-game series. But, yep, certainly they did come out and do the number on us. They had a number of key prospects uh, in their team. Uh, their left-handed power hitter didn't play in Australia yep. um, and, and did play against us, hit a mighty home run against us as well. Such a mighty wallop. <laughs> and he did hit a big home run against the US as well. Yep. Can't think of his name offhand, but... That was just a, a wonderful series. It was great to see the Aussies. They played great defense. They pitched yeah. really well. Their hitting probably let them down a little bit. Uh, but to finish, you know, to finish fourth in the world was a phenomenal effort against sure. some of the powerhouses that Howie actually mentioned that we're way behind yeah. in terms of Japan, US, and South Korea. Um, so that was just a wonderful, wonderful effort. Um, and uh, going forward, I, I think uh, baseball's in really good shape. Yeah, I think uh, at that level, if 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 we had international tournaments running every month, and Australia was to finish fourth in all of them, behind Japan, USA, and and say uh, South Korea, or oh, we're a superpower. Ab- we're a superpower. We are then. a superpower. So in so us starting the tournament in fourteenth place, fourteen ranked. But to finish fourth in the tournament is nothing but a bonus. And as you say, Diebel's fingerprints, Steve Fish ended up managing that team over there with uh, Graham Lloyd, pitching coach, Damien Shanahan, Glenn Williams, new high performance director at Baseball Australia. Terrific performance by the kids to finish fourth in that World Cup. Now, just to give you an idea, too, uh, about the levels of uh, professionalism at that level, so the under-18s, the Aussies had to pay $3,000 to get over to Japan. Yeah. Okay. The Canadian team were paid $3,000 yeah. for their tournament in Australia. Yeah. They were paid, so this is the players, Right. under 18 kids were paid $7,000 yep. to go, that's over and above their meals and their accommodation, that's all paid for. Yep. All their kit, all their equipment yep. paid for and 7000 in their skyrocket mm. to actually play in that team. Now that you that is hard to compete against. 
absolutely. And, and plus, they'd played they played around fifty five games before they even landed on Australian shores. So they yes, they played us in eight games here, but they'd played as a team fifty five games before they even got here, and then went on to the World Cup. You know, we're amazing. talking about yeah, we're talking about sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year old kids getting paid some significant money uh, to to play the game. Now that's professionalism, and you can expect more, uh, and you can expect better results because your preparation is more thorough. Yeah, uh, and 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 money equals time. If if the kids aren't you know having to uh, study or, or work or you know and and pressure on their parents you mm. know to to pay them to get over, there's a whole a different dynamic. As, and that, and that's a big part of it. Pressure on the parents. Do you get the best kids because of you know Another, the economics of it all. A great topic. Uh, we we speak about it every week. How far behind we are in Australia, but we're obviously gaining momentum here. You know, sure. to finish fourth is is fantastic effort, uh, and it and it's probably a good base. The under 18s who will go into senior levels, and fingers crossed they can continue to gain momentum. But yeah. how how he touched on it, and I think he's he's spot on with he said that we we did beat the teams we we should be. Yeah, and absolutely. I, and I think that's really positive because it's it's the times that we lose to those yeah, those yeah. other. Those other, I guess, maybe somewhat equal countries to us as far as baseball goes. Yeah. Mexico, Mexico was a massive win. Um, Chinese Taipei was a massive win. Yeah, you know those ones. And, but I'm going to say too, and this is this is the the effect that uh, it might sound like I'm I'm pumping deeps up here, but physical conditioning. Yeah, you know, a number of guys had to lose weight. Did you see the Mexico team? Oh my god. I reckon a third of their team would have been 120 kilos plus. Right. Should have, I mean, should have seen them level. before they got in shape for the tournament. <laughs> mate. Right, we're going to keep moving. We're going to get. We're just coming towards the end of the show. Elite so level baseball, though, Homer Simpson. Like I say, should have seen them before they got in shape, mate. There's something going on in Mexico. But anyway, oh, wow. we've got a couple of little um, eating enchiladas. Yeah, yeah, couple of little duties to uh, just tidy up before we finish up. For today, um, young Lachlan Madden from the Bomb Beach Baseball Club here in Victoria has been promoted up to Quad City with the Houston Astros. He actually played against Sam Gibbons' team yesterday. Gibbons' team, uh, Cedar Rapids, ended up winning that and has gone on to the Western Division Championship Series. So congratulations to him. But Lockie Madden, uh, terrific performance. Was speaking to his dad, Ian, just last week. And uh, he's super, super excited for young Lockie heading up there to... Uh, Quad City with the Houston Astros. And just the last one here from me is the um, All-Star Game Entertainment, which the All-Star Game, for those who don't know, is again in Melbourne this year, 16 December, out at Melbourne Ballpark in Laverton. You can go to the ABL website. It's theabl.com. Get your tickets there. But the uh, entertainment for the All-Star Game has been announced, and Sasquatch will be uh, part of the entertainment. The Delta Rigs will be on stage performing along with Tim Rogers. Oh, wow. Is uh, part of the pre-game entertainment for the All-Star Game this year. Theabl.com. You can get your tickets there for the All-Star Game. Boys, any last parting gestures or words of wisdom? That's not a nice gesture, Russell. (laughs) But anyway, any parting words of wisdom? The Abominable Snowman is going to be at... The entertainment. Hang on, bypass all that. Tim Rogers. That's that's worth. The it's price a big coup, of, absolutely uh, price right there. Of entry right there. Brought to you by Borrell and Levi Jeans will be the All Star Game, and we need. And that's next week. We're going to talk about that. I don't like the All Star Game. I think Boo. we need to. Yeah, we need to call it <laughs> Prospects Cup or something like that. <laughs> Honestly, it's not. A, you know, they're all minor leaguers. Who's the All Star amongst it? It's within oh. our within our league, though, right? The All Star of our league. 
That's fair enough, isn't this it? This is going to be an interesting debate, oh, this way. We could really get on. Hang on, Clubby's clipping me around the ears here. We need to uh, finish up for today. But on behalf of Xavier Player, Russell Spear, JC, thanks very much for your time today, guys. Really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Awesome. And well done, uh, boys. we'll see you next week. Lovely. This is another episode of SEN's MLB podcast. Thanks for listening to the SEN MLB podcast. For more SEN America podcasts, head to sen.com.au. To keep up to date with the latest American sports news and interviews from around SEN, follow SEN America on Twitter at SEN America and on Facebook at facebook.com slash SEN America.